Lord, we thank you for touching us. We thank you for encouraging us, for filling us with fresh fire. We thank you that we can cry out for this, that you meet the hungry heart, that you meet the desperate cry, that your eye looks to those who are waiting upon you and you act on their behalf, Lord. We thank you for that. There's no other God like you. Oh, there's none other than you. We love you and we bless your name in this place. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, don't get too comfortable because we're going to probably jump back into praying for one another and with one another, but I just love Wednesdays. I love the that culture that uh, we formed as a family where we just pray for one another and we we get encouraged corporately and then we get encouraged individually and it's the body loving on and encouraging the body and that's exactly how the Lord uh, created us to function amen so when you come to Wednesday nights come with something to give and then also come with humble hearts to receive and that's just that precious thing that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He says, when you come, come with the hymn, come with the teaching, come with the word, come with fire and relationship with Jesus cultivated in your heart so that you're ready to pour out. Amen? We fill up so that we can pour out. And this is just a fun time to, to practice that in a safe environment on Wednesday nights. Amen? And then we can... Go and practice it in risky environments in the world, right? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we're just going to jump back into a little bit of what we were talking about on, on uh, Sunday. Enduring faith. Um, let me just pray before we, before we jump in, and I'm going to speak a little bit. Mike's going to share some, some things that are on his heart. Yeah. Give you that second microphone here. So Mike will be on box two. No, just want to mute that uh, the effects. Well, Lord, we thank you that you give us strength to endure. That you said it was a fight of faith, but you are the one who empowers us in that fight. That you give us strength to stand. Lord, we ask that you would just continue to teach us about enduring faith, how to endure, that in every testing that you provide a way for endurance through the testing. Lord, we, we just pray as a community, let our, group, let our roots go deep now. Let our roots grow deep now. We want to be those faithful ones who persevere that produce a f harvest of 30 and 60 and 100 fold. So let our roots go deep now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we left off on Sunday in, in verse 6 and it just it's been touching my heart. It's just been coming back over and over again as I've, 
I've been, of course, meditating on it and praying into it, but just in unusual ways, I feel like the Lord's highlighting this to me. So we'll just start there and share a few things that are on my heart about Abraham and Sarah and Moses. And So we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11, and we're in verse 6, and it says this, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So again, this isn't saying that it's impossible to please God. (laughs) But it is saying without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now we only need that mustard seed of faith. I love how, how Mike encourages us in that a lot, that we don't need a ton of faith. We just need a little bit of faith. But that little bit of faith brings us before the Lord, and it causes us to come into agreement with who He is. We believe He exists. And that just doesn't mean that God's just real, but it means he be- we believe He is who He says He is. When He says He's gracious and slow to anger and steadfast in love, we believe that. We say We put our faith in that. We put our hope in that. We believe that he's holy on his throne, the uncreated, and we are the created. We put our faith in that. We believe that. We believe he's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. I mean, from front to back of this book, we have revelation of who God is. And then in faith, we come to that revelation. We say, I individually believe That's who you are. In my life, in my family's life, if you responded that way to Abraham, you will respond that way to me. You're not a respecter of persons. I believe you're that God. So we believe he exists, but we also, we believe that he rewards those who seek him. Man, that word seek him has just gotten in my spirit this week. It's renewed my vision to seek the Lord, to set time aside to seek the Lord, to seek the Lord with my friends, to seek the Lord with my family. And in seeking, we believe that he answers prayer. So we come to him believing who he is and that he's going to answer us when we seek him. And that's what everyone in this hall of fame of faith does. They come to the Lord and they believe you are who you say you are and you will respond to my voice. You will respond to my prayers. One aspect of faith that was touching me this week as I was praying into this and studying it is that, and Mike alluded to this on, he didn't allude to it, he spoke right to it on Sunday, which is fun that I didn't have to speak to it on Sunday and the Lord had my heart in it and it it came out in a different way. But Mike was talking about the, uh, give that just get that quick, that um, revelation of the, of the light switch, just kind of how you described that, and then I'll jump back in from that. Oh, okay. It's dead. <laughs> Not enough faith for batteries to turn on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, the analogy was, when we, uh, we talk about faith, and faith doesn't necessarily require understanding. 
And sometimes we think, well, uh, we have to understand what God is going to do, how he's going to do it in order to step into faith. And I said, it's kind of like a uh, like electricity or like turning on a light switch. We don't sit there and go, well, before I turn on that light switch, because uh, uh, I expect the lights to come on, I need to understand how this electricity works. And we don't study the electricity and make sure we have a full understanding of how electricity works before we flip on that switch. We flip on that switch having no under, maybe, uh, or having very little understanding of how electricity works, unless you're an electrical engineer or something. But, <laughs> but for, the most of, for most of us, we don't know how, how electricity works, but we know that when we flip on the switch, the lights turn on. And I, I think sometimes we, we take faith and we, we, we're like, well, okay, God, I'll do it, but you got to give me an understanding. I need to know what's going to happen, how this is going to work. And God's like, no. That's not how faith works. Faith doesn't come by sight. It comes by, by faith. It, it, and, and so it's not what you see. It's what you hope for, and hope is in him. And so when we have that hope in him, I'm, I'm doing this because I'm flipping on the switch. <laughs> when we flip on that switch, there's an expectation that the lights are going to come on. And I think it's that same thing when we, when we walk in faith. It's our little faith. And people, I hear some people say, man, you got to have, we need a lot of faith. You don't have enough faith. There is no amount of faith that you need. You just need it. Just that little bit that you have. But he says, believe, don't doubt. And so faith, you can't have faith and doubt. In the, it's, that, it's what it says in James. Uh, you're double-minded. So the key is it's not so much how much faith you have, but it's who you have your faith in. It's his faithfulness. He's the faithful one. We take our little mustard seed of faith. We place it in his faithfulness and watch what he does. So that's the, that's the light switch. There it is. So Hebrews 11 verse 8 speaks to that. It says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And I love how candidly the next verse says it. And he went out not knowing where he was going. It's that light switch. He flipped on the light switch, not knowing everything that was going to happen. But he obeyed. He obeyed the voice of the one who had called him out. I think of the, the great promises that, that the Lord gave Abraham. He gave him hope. He gave him, hey, this is what I'm going to do in your obedience. I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Through you, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. I'm going to give you an heir, whoever blesses you will be blessed. Whoever curses you will be cursed. He gives him great promises, but he gives him no information of how those promises are going to be fulfilled. And then he says, go. And Abraham leaves his father. He leaves Haran, and he goes not knowing where he is going. I mean, that is... I, I was thinking about it this week. There's, there's a, and hear me in this, 
there's a level of ignorance that we have to embrace in following the Lord in faith. There's a level of, I don't have the whole story in front of me. I don't have the whole, I don't know exactly how this whole thing's going to work. But you've said something, whether it's from the word of God or a word of prophecy, this is who you are, and I believe this is who you are. And I believe in what you said, not because of the promise, but because him who is faithful is going to fulfill the promise. Just go to, um, this is what Sarah says in verse 11. Or this is what is spoken of of Sarah in verse 11. It says, by faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. So, she's given this great promise, but what releases power inside of her? The considering of him who is faithful who promised. She set her eyes on Jesus. I mean, it says she received power to conceive since she considered him faithful who had promised. So there's a considering, there was a setting her mind on who had promised me this child that would come from my womb. And as she set her mind on him and on the promise, because he said it, but it's more on him, Lord, would you fulfill what you said? Would you fulfill what you said? Powers released inside of her. Same thing in Moses. Mike and I were just looking at this, and he might speak a little bit more into this here in a second. But uh, verse, look at Hebrews 11, verse 27. It says, by faith, he, meaning Moses, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible, or he persevered because he saw him who was invisible. So Moses, what released endurance, what released perseverance when he rejected that fear that Pharaoh was trying to place on him. He goes, I'm not going to set my eyes on the fear. I'm not going to set my eyes on this wicked, evil king. I'm going to look to him who has promised me. I'm going to look to him who is invisible. Isn't it funny how that oxymoron there? I'm going to look to him who is invisible. But as we consider Jesus, as we set our minds on him, as we set our minds on the Father, it releases endurance in our heart. Moses needed a lot of, he didn't have any clue how much endurance he was going to need for the next 40 years. But I guarantee this is what Moses did for the next 40 years. I got to keep looking at Jesus. I got to keep looking at the Father. I got to set my eyes on him. Now, Moses actually got to behold him, so that's pretty cool, you know. But there was an inward reality that was going on in Moses. You want to speak to that? Yeah. I, first off, I just, as I came in tonight, I just felt this there's a hunger in here, um, and I just want to encourage you guys. Like, yeah. I was so encouraged mm. just seeing this and just sensing, almost feeling this pulling of from heaven. Like, there's mm. a hunger in here, and you guys, I'm just encouraged by you. So, first off, way to go. Good job. <laughs> Good job, team. Uh, I was telling Lynn as we were praying, too, and I just, as we've been reading through this Hebrews 11, and we're ta- when we're reading about these amazing people that have such faith. 
I, I felt, I just felt the Lord as we were just worshiping. I felt him just say, oh, you haven't seen anything yet. Like, there are, there are new books being written in heaven about the faith of today and of those that are enduring in this faith that are going to go way beyond the, these, these greats that we read about. And in heaven, I just felt like, like for eternity, there's going to be stories of us, like this generation right now, going, oh, but... Did you see what they did? This was amazing. It's kind of like the ESPN highlights, right? It's like going back and going, oh, did you see that play? That was awesome. <laughs> and, and I feel like this is today. Like there is greater opportunity in the, these times with faith than there were back then. Now we have the Holy Spirit. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. I was, I was just seeing this. And so you see like Moses was the one that brought them out of, out of Egypt, he was the one that brought them out of captivity. What do we have now? Jesus. He's the one that brings us out of captivity. Before you had, they were there, you know, they had the, the pillar of, 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 of cloud by day and fire by night. Like, that's awesome. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. <laughs> that is much more awesome. And we go, oh, I wish we had this cloud. I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> we got the Holy Spirit, like, inside of us, the very Spirit of God, living inside of us, and we're going, oh, I wish we had a cloud that we could follow. Like, no, we don't need a cloud. We, <laughs> we have something greater. And I'm like, this empowering Spirit that they did not have empowers us to walk in greater faith. Like, there is a grace of faith that we have in us that when we step in with our little bit of faith, God goes, yes, and empowers us by His Spirit to walk in a great amount of faith, greater than anything that the, those of old could walk in. Like, we are so much greater. So I think as we read this, don't go, wow, those guys, I mean, they are amazing, but we can be more amazing, not because of who we are, but now who's living inside of us that they didn't have living on the inside of them. They had the, the kings and the priests that were, they were anointed by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit was upon them but not in them. So I, I, I just want to encourage us in this as we're talking through this. Like, don't think that they're so great because we're actually greater because of who lives on the inside of us. There, there is so much more opportunity for us to walk in greater faith and see greater miracles and see God do greater things than we read about in, in Hebrews 11. Amen? I just hope that, that's a kick in the butt to encourage you to go, come on, let's do this. But it does require something. It requires that we really die to ourselves and allow Christ to live in us. Um, what was that verse you just quoted? You know, just quote that at the, that you were praying at the very end. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. I do not nullify the grace of God because if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ died for nothing. Amen. Did you guys hear that? Like, that's what we get to have, but it, it does require a death of us where Christ is now alive in us, and this is the faith that we now have. So um, that was just a little side note, but we, we want to talk through. Uh, I think what we are saying is, is with Moses, right? Um, so just... Yeah, there's, in the same way that Marcus was just talking about Abraham, I just, 
we were talking about with Moses. You, you look at these guys, and we read this stuff so quickly, right? Because it's like, it's just a few chapters, we read it through. But man, if we really look at this and we see, here's Moses. I mean, just to kind of walk through this, you have uh, the Lord comes to him and says, hey, you're going you're gonna to free the Israelites. We're talking about a few million people here. <laughs> like, you want me to lead a few million people out of captivity? And, uh, and then he's like, hey, you're going to go to Pharaoh, and you're going uh, to ask uh, for him to release the people to you. And he's like, and then I'm going to, I'll take care of the rest. And we were talking about this, and, and Marcus was saying, yeah, we look at it, and we go, yeah, there were the ten plagues. Abraham, or Moses had no idea how many plagues there were going to be before finally they were released. Like, you're like on number nine going, okay, here we go again, <laughs> right? You're like, are there going to be 60 of these things or what? I don't know. Uh, but there was a faith to go, okay, but God's going to do this and the people are going to be released. And then finally they get released and, and I was, we were reading this in Exodus 6. I'll just read this part. Um, this is what he says. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Six. Yeah, I'm sorry. Exodus 6.6. Six, six. I will free you from being slaves to them. I, and so these are all these I will. St- this is what the Lord's going to do. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. And then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you. He keeps saying, I will do this. I will do that. I will bring you to the land. I swore, uh, your, I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. And then it goes on to say, but they did not listen uh, because of their discouragement and uh, and cruel uh, bondage. So it was like they didn't have eyes to see and ears to hear. Seems Sounds familiar? Uh, we, we go, hey, I can take you out of bondage. Like, Jesus loves you. You can, you, can, <laughs> you can give your life to him, and you're out of bondage. And they're like, ah, they didn't hear it. They didn't get it they're, because they're, that, there's that bondage. Uh, but he will do that. But so here's, here's Moses. This is what he tells the people. What he doesn't tell them is how he's going to handle their clothes, how he's going to give them food, how he's going to give them water, what's the path they're going to take, uh, how he's going to protect them. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't give them any of the plan. He just says what he's going to do, but there's no plan in this. And I think for us, how often when we get a, like something that we feel like the Lord is calling us into, that we're like, yeah, that's great, but I don't see how that's going to work. And, and it's like we hold back, we actually hold back from the promises of God because we're trying to understand the process of how it's going to happen. And, and I don't think if you look through Scripture, God doesn't typically tell us how He's going to do it all. It's kind of like when you're, when you're a mom or a dad with kids and they're little kids and, and they start asking, well, why? And you're like, because I said so. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> right? Like, you don't always explain to your kids why you're asking them to do something. You're just expecting them, like, just do it because I told you to because I know what's best for your life. And, and I feel like sometimes God's just doing the same thing with us, and we're going, but why, God? What is it? Tell me. I need to know everything, and then maybe I'll step out. 
but which is really not faith, right? Because now it's like, okay, here's the, the total plan. God didn't say, okay, you're going to go, and I'm not going to, I'm going to make sure your clothes don't wear out. I'm going to have this, don't worry, Moses, I'm going to have this pillar that you're going to follow, so you're going to know the path that I'm going. No, he didn't tell him any of this. He didn't say, hey, there's going to be a rock. You'll find this rock, and then you're going to hit it, and then water is going to come out, and, and I'm going to give you this manna along the way. Can you imagine Here's Moses going, okay, guys, come with me. And I'm sure in the back of his mind he's going, dude, how are these people going to eat? <laughs> what are they going to drink? How, how are we going to do this? <laughs> We're going out into the wilderness. We have nothing. And by the way, they, he starts leading them out, and they get to this one spot, and then it's like, wait, you led us right to a dead end. We got this huge sea in front of us. And... and I mean, it wasn't like the Lord said, and by the way, when you get to the edge of the waters, I'm going to part the sea for you. There was no plan. God just said, here's, here's the direction you're going to go. If, if that was us, we'd be going, oh, great, God, way to go. <laughs> like, here I go. Obviously, either I didn't hear your voice or, man, you don't know what you're doing because uh, now we got these Egyptians behind us. I got this whole thing of water in front of me. I mean, we think, we just read the story and kind of go, okay. Like, yeah, this guy was great. We can do that. Uh, but how often in our lives, as soon as we hit that, that water or as soon as we have the, the enemy behind us, do we just shrink back and shrivel up and go, oh, I missed it, or I'm off, or oh, God, help me. <laughs> and we don't, we, it's like we lose our faith that we thought we had. Uh, and this is what that enduring faith is. And I believe we're in these seasons right now. I believe we're... It, even more so than ever before, moving into something, just even in the next few months. Uh, but we're going to be stepping into times where we're going to have to have this enduring faith, where there's going to be storms that are going to hit us. And, and I have seen it in people's lives uh, often, where strong ones that are like, I'm going for it, I love the Lord, and then as soon as they hit that storm, they're going, ah! <laughs> and you're like, dude, two days ago you were just saying how you're trusting in the Lord going after it, but it's because the storm hadn't hit yet. And then as soon as the storm hits, it's like everything that they had went out the window. Faith is gone, everything's gone, and they're like, oh, dear Lord, enemies attacking. This is horrible. I don't know what to do. Help me. You guys have ever, have you ever been there? <laughs> I think we all have been there. Um, I, I feel like, though, in this season, what we're doing, there's a preparation right now. These, these things that we're going through, all these tribulations, count it joy. Why? The testing of your faith develops the persevering faith that we're to actually walk in so that we have a stronger faith, that we're rooted and grounded, that when the storms do come, when the bigger storms come, and the, and Lord, the Lord says, he's like, I'm not going to give you anything that you can't handle, but stand firm in the faith that you have trusting in the Lord. And this is our, this is our time to do it. Sorry, I'm, I could go. I, I'll I stop. Think, I'm thinking of, um, can we turn this up just a little bit? No, I think box two. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. Check, check. Here we are. Box two. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. Yeah, and just you can just leave them both on. Thank you, Steve. Every 
Wednesday night. Steve is faithfully running sound for all of us. We just honor you. Thank you, buddy. And thank you, Luna. Thank you, Luna. Um, I think of how Jesus directs us now. And so Abraham hears the go. You're not going to know where you're going. Moses hears at the burning bush, okay, I have heard the cry of my people. I'm going to encounter them, and I'm going to bring them into a land flowing with milk and honey to the land of the Canaanites, to the land of the Perizzites, to the land of the Hizzites. So he, they, they know, <laughs> Perizzites, that's right. I think there is a parasite in there, right? To the land of the parasites? <laughs> parasites. <laughs> Throw your Z's in there, brother. Throw your Z's in there. All right, next time he speaks, Don't call I'm going to interrupt him with little jokes, all right? I just played. <laughs> but Moses, they're given like, okay, here's, here's where I'm taking you. He's given the, okay, you're going to stand before Pharaoh. He's going to let my people go, but not all the information is given. I, I was just thinking as Mike was talking about our great commission that Jesus gives us. He just says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. He doesn't say what nation to go to. He doesn't say what this go is going to look like, but well, he does a little bit. He says, you're going to teach, you're going to baptize. He's going to say, that you're going to heal the sick. He's going to say that you're going to cast out demons. So we have the generals of the promises, but we don't know how it's all going to play out. And, and the Lord the wants it Lord. just like that. He wants, I want it like that. I want you to trust in me. I want you to go. And in the going, I'm going to talk to you. But the Lord is looking for his people when he commands to take that first step. In the going, the Holy Spirit speaks to us. In the going, the miracles happen. In the going, Jesus is revealed. But before that, he goes, at least in Matthew 18, Matthew 28, 18, he says, I want you to know that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So we keep our eyes on that. We keep our eyes on Jesus. He's the king above all kings. He's the Lord above all lords. All authority has been given to him as king, and we know from other places in Scripture that we are his ambassadors. He administrates that authority through us by the power of his Holy Spirit. So he says, I'm the king. I've been given everything. I'm giving everything to you, but you go and you're going to experience the greatness of that power. And I, I just think the Lord's stirring us again. Of course, I am with you always. So Jesus, by his spirit, is with us always to the very end of the age, till the very moment he splits the sky and comes back and transitions the ages to manifest the fullness of his kingdom. He goes, I am with you. And I think for us, we got to, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 12, just real quick. Because just as we were talking about Moses, he's keeping his eyes on the, him who is faithful. He's keeping his eyes on the invisible God. We're called to do the same thing. It says, therefore, and I, I, to Mike's point, since, since these guys did this, and we're on the new covenant side, we're on the being filled with the Holy Spirit 
side. We're on the, the heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone side. He goes, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and lay aside every sin which cleans so closely. Guys, we have to wage war, I feel like, in this season against the weights and against the sins that keep us from fruitfulness. We just got to wage war. I want to encourage you, if there is hidden sin, if there is secret sin that, that you just can't get free of, talk to God about it. Don't settle with it. And then talk to trusted brothers and sisters that will pray for you, that will hold you accountable, that, that you can walk in freedom with. The enemy wants us to, to be hidden. He wants us to be separated. And then he wants to take us out one by one. It's his whole mode of operation. He wants to kill us. He wants to steal us. He wants to destroy us. And these weights and these, these sins, we have been given power by the Holy Spirit to go to war with, to put off the old self. I mean, guys, Paul had to write to every church about this issue. When he wrote to the Corinthians, when he wrote to the church of Colossae, when he wrote to the church of Ephesus, he, every church that he wrote, when he wrote to Timothy, he had to write him in instructing people to do this, to put off the old man and to put on the new man by the power of the Holy Spirit. And enduring faith does not settle with sin. It doesn't say, well, it's, it's okay. It's just going to always be a part of me. Enduring faith goes to war with it. And it says, God, free me. God, deliver me. God, take this out of my life. God, free my heart from this. God, put this mind in me. And I think uh, Mike might speak into a little bit of this, but we were just feeling this this afternoon as pastors that that we can't settle. Well, why not, do you want to say anything to that? I wasn't planning on really hitting that, but you want to do the James 1 thing that the Lord was showing me? Yeah, let's go there for a second. You don't have to. You don't have to. No, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll just say, I think, well, and even, let well, me just. What was that phrase that the Lord was giving you? Genesis 4 that came, that sin. Oh, sin is, yeah. Yeah. There's, this is with Cain and Abel, and uh, you guys know the story with Cain and Abel, and uh, they're both, they, they give their offerings to the Lord, but um, uh, there's something in, in Cain's heart that's, that's not right, <laughs> and there's something in Abel's heart that is right before the Lord. There's a, uh, there's a wholehearted devotion to the Lord, and, and Cain, there's, there's something that's off, and it becomes evident uh, because... Cain actually kills Abel, uh, takes him out in the field and kills him. But right before that, the, the Lord says, be careful because sin is crouching at your door. Mm. And he says, and it will, it will take hold of you if you do not master it. And, and what I was, the Lord just was putting that, uh, I was like, was this for me, Lord? And, <laughs> and it actually is. Sin is crouching at my door. There's that scripture in, in Corinthians which says, if you think you're standing strong, 
standing firm, be careful not to fall. So I never want to go, oh, I've got this. Like, hey, let me preach this to you guys. Because there's in a moment's time when I think I'm standing strong, when pride comes in that, oh, I've got this, that's when I'm going to fall. So I need to stay in that place of humility, eyes on Jesus, dependent upon Him at all times. And, and I'll, I'll say, we were talking about this, there is a constant barrage. If you think you're the only one that has thoughts coming into your head of sin, of things going on, you're not. No. It's a constant barrage for every person. And if somebody tells you otherwise, they're lying. Because the enemy is always, he's always attacking. The thing is, is it's where is your heart and where's your mind. And if, you, if you're, you're on Jesus, your eyes are on Jesus, and all of a sudden a thought comes in and, and your, your eyes start to come off of Jesus, what happens is you begin to to behold something else. You begin to look at something else. You begin to, to dwell on something else and meditate on something else. The problem is, and this is, this is James. You want to read that? that yeah. Because this is what's powerful about this. What Mike is describing, James goes into this, and he's, he's just talking about the progression of sin. And it says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. And so that's what Mike was talking about. There's, there's a luring. There's an enticing of the enemy. There's a, there's a thought that you just keep thinking about. And we don't take those thoughts captive. And then we get lured and enticed, and they inflame our sinful desires. And then it says, then desire, when it is conceived, or when, when desire is acted on, it gives birth to sin. And then it says, and then, when, and then sin... When that's fully grown, it brings forth death. So it's a, it's a, it's a progression, and he's, he's using this thing of like birth and fully grown. And so there's a, there's a cultivation of sin, and when we, when we keep cultivating it, when we don't take those thoughts captive, when we don't do the internal work, God changed my heart from the inside out. The wonderful thing is that the Holy Spirit's been given to us to change our desires from the inside out. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people that it's like that have gotten into affairs and things that, uh, and, and it's, and I hear this a lot, like, I, I don't know where that came from. Like, it wasn't planned. It just, it was like this overnight. I don't know. I saw this and this happened and all of a sudden, boom. And, and I'm like, no, it doesn't happen like that. There is, what's happened is that there is, thoughts that have been, that there has been dwelling on. And, and then it's that it, it, it begins to conceive and give birth to that desire. And that, we can't even get to that point. You go, well, I don't know how that happened. It happened because you started meditating on it. A lot of it can happen through pornography. It can happen through, there's so many different avenues. But, but those thoughts, those things, people think, oh, pornography is, isn't, uh, isn't necessarily a bad thing as long as it's controlled. That's a lie from the enemy. It is an open door for the enemy to have direct access into your life, and it leads to death. And it may, it may not in the moment, but good luck with that. Uh, I would say get it out of your life, run from it as fast as you, clan, you can, flee from it, <laughs> and don't even allow those thoughts because once, it's that, once it be, gets conceived, once it starts to give birth, now you're in trouble. Now you got a little monster on the inside of you. <laughs> then now you got to kill that thing. 
And uh, so don't even let it get there. And it's that, so this is where when thoughts come in, constantly turn that to Jesus and just begin to say, Lord, I just set my eyes upon you. Don't dwell on those thoughts. Don't try to even get them out of your head. Set your eyes on Jesus. Begin to worship Him. Begin to look at Him. And those things just begin to go. They begin to fade away. And it says, but flee from those things. Don't, don't kind of, don't pet them as a little <laughs> puppy. <laughs> get them out of your life. Because they do lead to death. And faster than you think. Uh, I just, so, I, I wasn't planning to talk on that today, but... But I'm feeling it, and I felt, I mean, you might hear it a little bit more even on Sunday. Just there's something in this season um, that it's like as we're pressing into the things of the Lord, uh, we have to make sure that our eyes are on Jesus. And, and you know if your eyes are on Jesus or if your eyes are getting on the other things. or your. And it, when I say your eyes, it's your thoughts, it's your mind, it's your heart. It's what are the things that you're you're thinking about? What are the things that you're dwelling on? And as soon as you start to dwell on things that are not of the Lord, uh, that's where things can get conceived that are, that are evil, that are not good. And it doesn't matter. You can be a Christian. You can love Jesus. And still, there can be these things of death that begin to get conceived in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let this happen <laughs> in, well, in these times. Well, that's where we're ending tonight. Just let us run the race. Let us lay aside every weight, sin which clings so closely. Let us run, and that says, with endurance, the race that is set before us. And how are we going to run? We're looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, or the founder and perfecter of our faith. So we look to Jesus. We talk to Jesus. We meditate on Jesus. We let the Holy Spirit put His mind and heart inside of us. We do this through prayer. We do this through worship. We do this through, uh, when I say prayer, I always think of praying the Word of God. I don't separate the Word of God and my prayer life. I, I go to the Word, and it teaches me how to pray. It teaches me what to ask for and what not to ask for. And when we do that, we set our eyes on Jesus. Um, and we don't attain perfection and attain maturity in one day. We do this day after day after day after day. And we go to war with sin day after day after day after day. As you grow in the Lord, as you mature, you recognize those thoughts a lot faster. But still, you have to be vigilant. We are being conformed into His image until the day that we meet Him. We're going to have to be vigilant. I have to be vigilant at 39. I had to be vigilant at 18. I'm going to have to be vigilant when I'm 90 years old because sin wants to take me out. But Jesus is the answer. We look to him, and he's seated at the right hand of God with great authority. Amen. Amen. Let me just speak to this real quick because I feel like as we go into prayer here too, in Romans 15 it says this, and it's talking about faith. Uh, it says, we who are strong, and it's not like those who work out at the gym. It's talking about the faith. There's a, there's a strength in your faith. Um, and so we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of those of the weak and not to please ourselves. And I just, I was seeing this and realizing, okay, 
If, you, if you're strong in the faith, there's, it says if you, if you don't walk in faith, if you don't actually, back in Romans at the end, the verse actually right before that, it says everything that does not come from faith is sin. So we think maybe even the big things, well, I'm not killing anybody, I'm not uh, stealing anything. But even as we're, if we're not actually operating in that place of faith, which is, uh, is walking in His ways regardless of what we see, if we're not in that place, then we're actually walking out of alignment with God's plan for our life. And so, if we are, the encouragement here is, okay, then we need to come alongside others. And I feel like there's a lot of faith in this room. I feel like there's a lot of, this is the, the mothers and fathers, like the spiritual moms and dads, that we need to come alongside others that are not in that place. Don't just go, well, I'm glad I'm, I'm in the right place. <laughs> those poor people over there. No, go over and, and help those people. Go over and begin to encourage them in things of the Lord. And then there's this verse, just a few, uh, in, it's uh, Romans 15, 4. It says, for everything that was written in the past, and this is, I feel like, as we're reading these things, as we're going through and reading about Moses and as we're reading about Abraham, it says all of this was written to teach us so that through that endurance, through that enduring faith, and it says, and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. And it's when we have this faith, we put our faith in the hope of Christ. But it's in this hope of His words, of His truths, that actually then it says, now may the God who gives you this enduring faith, this endurance and encouragement, May He give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. So this is that place where we come together. There is a spirit of unity. We're meant to do this together. We're not lone rangers. We don't run alone. Uh, we run as the body of Christ together. We lock shields. We lock our faith with others. Man, when one is struggling, we say, here, take some of my faith. <laughs> Like, let's do this together. Uh, don't doubt in this. We're going to press into the things of the Lord. And, and uh, that's the fun part. And then you see those that are maybe struggling. And so I was talking about those that are like, yeah, I'm good. I've got faith. And then, boom, they hit. Well, when they hit, don't just let them fall. Come alongside them. This is what the body of Christ does. Because not only do they need you, but you actually need them as well in this walk that we have together. Uh, you may not realize it in the moment, but you need their faith. You need their strength. We need that unity of the body. So, yeah. Well, we have about 20 minutes, 25 minutes. If you have children, you have 25 minutes. If you don't, you have a little bit more before you have to go get them. <laughs> but uh, we want to do this. We want to, to take time. We're going to get back in those groups that we were in. Not the exact group, but just the natural people that are around you. And maybe you have a testimony of how you are walking in faith and or, or, or have had breakthrough in enduring faith. Maybe you're in that place of, but here's some ways that I'm, here's some things I'm contending for that I'm believing for. Here are promises that I haven't seen God do yet. We want to pray for those together. We want to release the testimony, but I also want to pray for that endurance. And maybe you're just struggling tonight. Like, I just, I need prayer. I need to return to the Lord in these ways. Um, and you want prayer for that. So we're going to get in groups and just pray for whatever desires the Lord has on your heart. Um, but I would, 
let's let's take this seriously tonight. Not that you don't not take this seriously on other nights, but what I'm saying is is just the thing of Lord release this endurance because we actually feel that uh, it's important for this season. Amen. All right. Let me pray for us and then we'll break up. Lord, we thank you for, I just thank you for that verse that Mike ended on. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Now may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. Lord, we ask right now that you would release endurance. You are the God of endurance. You're the God who gives it. This does not come from within us. It comes from you. And so we acknowledge that and we say, put it inside of us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, release it in our hearts. Faith, endurance, and encouragement. I thank you that you are the God of encouragement. You're that coach at the finish line calling out the times. You're calling out, uh, you're, you're, you're encouraging us to run the race well. Lord, release that encouragement tonight for me, for my friends in this room. Release that encouragement tonight. And Lord, we ask you that the God of hope would fill us with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we would abound in hope. Fill us tonight. God of endurance, God of encouragement, and God of hope. Fill us with joy in this race. Fill us with trusting and faith and believing in you that releases peace by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.